Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. What's going on, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonnerfied Radio, and you are tuned in to On Course with Heart Ramsey. We call these sessions, of course, Heart to Heart. It's your opportunity to hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God, and of course, that is Pastor Heart Ramsey. Pastor Heart, how are you? I'm doing well. Well, well, well. <laughs> Look, I, I feel like Barack Obama. We're fired up. <laughs> Ready to go. <laughs> oh, my God. Gosh, you know, we've been talking, of course, really, there's been kind of a neat thread amongst all that's been happening over these last few years that we've been doing the podcast. We have been very consistent in talking about the impact of race on the church. And uh, certainly these last few weeks, it has come to a head yet again, as uh, perhaps you could argue maybe the first time in real modern history, we've seen our Caucasian brothers and sisters want to come on board uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, as they seem to be seem to be uh, wanting to understand how they can come in and and deal with things, and part of the challenge too has been how we've been educating them and us on what's been happening. Uh, yeah. I will tell you, I had a day uh, a few weeks back where you know I had been hearing about the uh, Tulsa race war and uh, Black Wall Street. And mm-hmm. uh, it was, again, one of the many things that was not taught to us in school. And so uh, I took a minute to just kind of watch a cool hour-long documentary about it, which was just powerful. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of really felt like I just need more, you yeah. know? And so I kind of ended up watching some stuff about the LA riots again in 92, uh, with Rodney King and all those types of things. And uh, one of the things that I, I found is that a lot of us don't like reading about this stuff or watching this stuff because for some of us, it makes us angry, yeah. you know? And others of us, we feel like we don't want to deal with white people at all. Yeah. Um, my first question today is how should us as African-American people deal with educating ourselves about the atrocities that have happened. Because I think part of the narrative, and you were talking about this last time, is, you know, as Christians, it's so weird because as Christians, it's like we've separated being black from being Christian. So don't deal with the things that have happened to us. Um, So before I get into that, how should we handle educating ourselves about what has happened to us historically? I think, I think, Gerard, we need to first begin to, there has to be a historical education. In other words, I don't think black people know enough history. We don't. No, in general, we, what we do, we, we have a general idea of, of what we're fighting. I think history is important because our, our idea of what we're fighting from, mm-hmm. what we're fighting against, you got it, and what we're fighting for, yeah. These, this, I want to say those three again. What we're, what we're fighting from, what we're fighting against, and what we're fighting for. Those three things are so important yeah. because we're fighting from a place of we are the, the descendants of African slaves. Mm-hmm. We were, we, but you have to understand something. We were enslaved. Yes. Our story does not begin with slavery. Right. Our story begins right. on the continent of Africa. That's where our ancestors came from. They were brought here. Um, for the and the, what made us miss the story especially sad is that Christians, mm-hmm. Christians, the, the the writer read uh, read the story of the writer of um of the song Amazing Grace. Ah uh, yes, he, he was a captain of a slave ship. Amazing Grace is not the only hymn he wrote. The first hymn he wrote that we sung in church. I sung in church as, as when I went to my mother's uh, church as a little boy. He wrote it. He said he wrote that first hymn while he was waiting on a slave, the next load of captured slaves to be brought to his ship. 
Wow. Their Christianity, what we're fighting from is that Christianity gave language and gave merit and gave authority to the slave trade. That's what we're fighting from here. We have to know who we were. That's what we're fighting from. What we're fighting against is the people who, who uh, have no conscience. Uh, and I said people, and please forgive me for speaking generally, but because, because here's the thing that, that the reason I, I feel I have license to speak generally is because it was not the majority of white Americans that owned slaves, Gerard. It was only a few. But mm. this silence, the complicit, the, the, uh, the, the complicit people, the ones who said nothing about it, were just as guilty of slavery, of slavery as the ones who perpetuated it. Right. You got it? Right. So that's what we're fighting against. We're fighting against people who are bold enough to do evil in the, in the name of the Lord, and then people who are, who, are, who are blind enough and numb enough to, to see it happen and act like it doesn't happen and then benefit from it. Mm. What we're fighting for is... I'll be honest with you. People say, well, what, 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 what does it matter to you? You're a Christian and heaven is your home. Or you're a member of the kingdom of God. But yes, but how can I be a Christian and represent the Lord properly if I don't speak to the, the oppression in the land? If I don't speak to the fact that, that, that there's mass incarceration? Lord, this is a crazy thing. And, and this, I got I to gotta say this. Yeah. There are people in jail doing 25 to life for selling less marijuana. Mm-hmm. Then the people right now, are, this, the, this, remember the speak of the house that you always made the faces when Obama mm-hmm. was uh, president? Yes. You know, you know what, what, what business he's in right now? CBD. Selling marijuana. It's the CBD business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, these people are sending people to jail, black people to jail for, for lifetimes, for two, three lifetimes. Yeah. For the very thing they legalize. And, and I, I know the history of that as well. So what I'm saying is we have to know what we're fighting for. We're fighting for justice. We're fighting for equality. We're, we're fighting to, to come into a, 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 a situation or scenario where we don't have to put up with, with we don't have to try to change our, who we are to, to please them. Yeah, yeah. I'm sick of, you know, this, if I want to, I mean, my head don't grow that long anymore, but I, if I want to wear a dress, I should not be, be uh, beat down because I, I go, I, I apply for a job or try to start a business and I have dreads. I've been there. It's, right. It's a part of our culture. Yeah. So we have to know where we're fighting from, what we fight, what we fight against and what we're fighting for. That, that's what I believe that black people should go back now and study our history. Mm-hmm. We also need to go back and theologically look at the, re, re-look at the scriptures. Take another look at the scriptures. Yes. The reason I say we take another look at the scriptures is, is not because the, the word of God is wrong, but the way the word of God has been used to subjugate. It's not the, the, the Bible. I believe that we could trust the word. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, you, you search the scriptures for them. You think you have eternal life, but the scriptures testify of me. I believe the Bible is, a, I don't believe the Bible gives us eternal life. I believe it points us to eternal life. Mm-hmm. The Lord gives us eternal life. Mm-hmm. But we can't see ourselves in the Bible as second-class citizens like we see ourselves in society. Right. The majority of the people in Scripture were people of color. They were black and brown people. I want to say this again. You don't, the Bible does not track the line of Japheth. Mm-hmm. Japheth is, is the white son of Noah. The Bible does not track his lineage. He went to the north, and the Bible does not track him. The Bible tracks the lineage of Shem, who was the brown son, because through him would come the Messiah. The Bible tracks him. Fortunately, Shem and, and, um, Shem and, and Ham, descendants, were always either in conflict or partners. So you, you see black and brown people all through the scriptures, good and bad black and brown people. Wow. Okay? Zipporah, Moses' wife, was a black woman. The Bible says she was Ethiopian. So how is her father, Jethro Midian, not black? Mm. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. If, if, Jethro's, if Jethro is black, his, his daughter Zipporah is black, then how are the children not black? If Moses was a brown man and Zipporah was a black woman. Yeah. So, so we, have to, we have to go back and rethink and restudy the way we see biblical history, biblical characters, who they are. We, we have to stop seeing. Listen, this damnable white Jesus that they put up in front of us that, that, was, that only came into, into play in the 17th century. Mm, he's, he was, wow. So what, he's not, this is, a, this is not a, this, this, this white Jesus is a 17th century depiction. And, he, and, and, and the, the, the painter was painting the picture of a, a king's son as Jesus. And now he's, the, he's, the, he's the, uh, the, the whole picture. First of all, Jesus never commissioned anyone 
to, rep, to replicate his likeness. He never gave anyone permission to even say what he looked like. He never talked about how he looked. How he looked. The prophet, I think the prophet Isaiah said his visage was marred more than any man and that he was not comely for us to look upon. Translation, he was not a good looking man. Mm-hmm. He showed enough, did not look like Fabio hanging on the cross with his hair flowing in the wind. Right. Um, so we have to go back and look at our, at our history, look at the biblical narrative about us. And then I think we have to start studying conventional wisdom as it relates to economics. Because that's the the whole thing, the whole slave trade and everything after it was about economics. I, I said this to you before, I, 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 the South was the fourth largest economy in the world, not in the, in the world. Wow. The Southern United States, because of free slave labor, was the fourth, Gerard, largest economy in the world. Wow. The whole thing has always been about money. The slave trade was about money. The colonization was about more money, uh, planting the flag of more territory. This thing is deep. It's rooting in pride. It's rooted in greed. The spirit of mammon that Jesus talked about, he knew what he was saying when Jesus said you can't serve God and mammon because mammon, the love of money, in part, philagoria. Uh, philagoria is, is a, a byproduct of mammon. Philagoria means the, the love of things that glitter or that adds glow to me. And, and so it will be it's gold, it's silver, it's anything that, that, that is valuable. The love of that thing, the greed, the, uh, another word is avarice. The avarice, uh, uh, avarice is a step beyond greed. It's a, it's a need to compete with money. I'm a millionaire, you're, you're a millionaire. But you, get, you become a billionaire, so I got to become a billionaire. And I got to, that, that's avarice. Okay, and so so what we have to we have to know that it, that when it comes to economics, it's not going to be given to us. So African American people, um, I believe that we need our own schools. That's open to white people too. But in our schools, we're teaching our people about money from the from from early on about tax codes, and this is a part of our curriculum. I believe that this has to happen. Um, um, I, I just believe that that the whole system that's set up for our demise, we cannot participate in it anymore. We can't participate yeah. in it. We have to. We have to walk away from it. Whew, you, you I know said, you said a lot, and there's so much I want to dig in. And there's just you know what, one of the things I'll say is this: I found uh, when you were talking about know what we're fighting from, know what we're fighting against, and know what we're fighting for. I think a lot of us have known or had an idea of what we were fighting against. Yeah, it's almost a question of. We, you know, we, we hear people talk about, well, we protest, well, what's next? And yeah. I think a lot of us don't know what's next because we don't know what we're fighting for. You're right, right. Because for a lot of us, it was an ideal thought, you know, we can do anything, we want to live in a wonderful world, and then you get hit with the reality that this is the world we're in. Yeah. And they seem to always be the majority, we're always painted as the minority could we ever even, it's almost like um, there was a, oh, was it? Oh gosh, I don't want to get my stories wrong now. But um, the one person when they asked, okay, do you want to be made whole? Yeah. He, he had been sick for so long, the concept of being whole was foreign to him. Yes. You know, and I feel like that's a picture of us. It's like we're at the seminal moment right now where, okay, we finally have seemingly their attention do we know what we want? Do we want to be made whole? And a lot of us can't articulate it yet to your point because we don't, we don't understand the history right. of things. Um, right. And you're right because it is all about economics. It is. I mean, it hit me in a big, big way. And most of us probably need to study the business of slavery. Oh, yeah. Because most of us don't understand just how much of a business it was and how for them, I don't, I won't say they weren't racist, but I think that they were driven more by economics than they were by racism. Yes. Yes. So how then do we, because this is, this is the challenge. Since they've been driven by economics and not racism, we've been impacted. We see the racism part, but we don't see the economic part behind racism. Right. How do we get black people to the space where we can look past what we see in racism and get to the economic part of it? This is what I believe. I believe that uh, at this point, 
um, only we only need certain black people to see, like Martin Luther King called it, the promised land. We don't need all to see. Gotcha. We need the people. We need the people who are the movers and shakers, the people of, with prominence, the people who who understand the history. Like they understand the three things: we're fighting from, we're fighting against, we're fighting for. Yeah. And and we cannot lose focus. We we're dealing with with poor leadership in government right now. Mm-hmm. When this whole thing started, what what the the, the Look at what God, remember, I believe that God is using certain things as stepping stones to get to a certain place in, with us. Mm-hmm. What got the na- national conversation started, actually the argument started, was the way policing was happening to young black people. Yes. They, yeah. they, they just kill us. Mm-hmm. Which, which communicates, you don't matter. Right. Brianna, what's her last name? Brianna Taylor. Brianna Taylor, I want to call her name. Brianna Taylor was killed in her home, in, in her, her home. bed. Mm. No one has been charged. They fired a single officer, but mm. not, but and they made a law after. But they, but they, they, they still they, haven't. Because and because and here there's a reason behind it. Because the it's the White House is driving this. There, there's so much behind this. But I'm gonna tell you this right now. That's just a good place to start. Mm-hmm. We cannot lose focus on what we, what we started the, the protests for. Right. We have an issue with the way the police have been trained. My daughter shared this, Gerard. I don't know if I, I share this. In, in, I, I, I'm doing so many interviews now, but I share this. I want to share this with this platform. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter in, um, in Atlanta shared a, 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 a thread by an ex-officer, okay. white, a retired white officer. And he was, he was saying he was, he was outdone. He was just, just through about this, the way um, George Floyd was killed. And here's what he said. He said, I'm not making any excuses, but I wanted you to understand something. He said, when these officers say I fear for my life, he said they really do fear for their life. He said, not because black people are, fear, are, are, are terrifying. He said, because of the way we're trained. He said, let me tell you about my training. He said, when I went through police academy, when I came in the door, the group of us, he said, the, the person training us was a racist. Mm. So the, he says, so they inundated us with these videos. He said, the first thing they do is, is to teach you safety for personal safety is to show you all these videos of police officers being killed, the last moments of police officers' lives. He said, and all the videos that they showed, all, every perpetrator was a black man. Wow. Every single perpetrator. He said, by the time you graduated from police academy, he says, subconsciously, you are racist. He said, because the black person became the enemy, you were afraid of them. Mm. Because, they, because in school, you were taught, in academy, you were taught that they will shoot you and leave you for dead. And you, they take you away from your family. You get this? Mm. So, so the first thing uh, we, we, we're fighting now for, one of the things we're fighting for is how it's, it's not just law enforcement because law enforcement is just one leg of the, the entire judicial system. Right, the, the, right. It's been infiltrated by, by Ku Klux Klan and other uh, white nationalists. It's been infiltrated, the, the, um, the judicial, the, the uh, prosecutors. There's so many white prosecutors, public defenders. There's so many public, def- public defenders who are racist. Yes. Then what we are going after is they got to be weeded out and the system has got to be changed. That is ground zero right now. Mm-hmm. How, well, how do we know that? Because that's the thing the Lord has used to open the conversation. Wow. We, we, we cannot give, we, we cannot allow, I said it before, we cannot allow this demon of racism to slither back on the ground where it silently um, or, or launches this onslaught against black and brown people. We cannot allow it. We have it by the throat right now, and we have to continue to go, although it wears us down. I'm worn out dealing with it. Yeah, I know yeah. that other people want, people are tired of hearing about it. I, okay, you say, well, I just don't feel like, I, one, one person said, Pastor, I just don't feel like, like I'm Christian anymore. I just feel like I'm all to talk about his race. I just got to go back to talk about the Lord. Go back to talk about the Lord. I'm a, I ain't going to stop talking about the Lord. But what I will not do is, is, is think that I either have to serve the Lord or talk about racism. Right. That right. tells me that, that I, in my mind, in my heart of heart, I think that the Lord is for whiteness. Mm. Because in your mind, if, if, we, if, we sub, if we submit ourselves to the place we've been relegated to in society, then what we're actually doing is we are, are honoring the Lord. No, that, 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 that line of thinking comes from white racists. It comes from, they want you to believe that in order to please God, you got to forgive Mm-hmm. People that are not repentant. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 when I, I'm going to tell you what, what's an offense to me. When I, I, I brought a guy to my church. His ministry is called Forgiving Forward. And I hope he sees this. Mm-hmm. But I'm to our church 
um, in um, Montgomery first and then in Dothan. He got a preaching forgiveness in general from the Bible. Pretty good teacher. We, you know, we listening to him. You know, we were, we're at church. We honor, we honor teaching. Then he got to the place about slavery. He made no comment about, the, about how horrible and treacherous and brutal slavery was. The injustice of slavery. But you know what his, state, you know what his message to a black church was? Get over it. I had people get them by walking out. Mm-hmm. You know what I asked afterwards? Excuse me, I said, how the hell are mm-hmm. you going to stand in front of my people? Mm-hmm. I tell them to get over it. Mm-hmm. And he, it, it's, that's, that's their mentality. Their mentality is if you want God to honor you as an individual, then you cannot speak to these issues for days gone by, not knowing, not understanding that the, when, a, when, a, a, when a, a group of people commit a sin, that's passed from generation to generation, and then the next generation picks it up. Jesus said it like this. He said, your fathers killed the prophets, and you, you partnered with them to build the tombs. Mm. It's in Matthew 22. It says the thing. He says, that's what Jesus says to them. He says, you, you're, you're complicit with your fathers. When, when, a, when a group of people is complicit in a sin, right, then the, the, the judgment of that sin is, is judged in a generation that didn't start it. I made a statement before. So what's important right now, I think what's critical to us to understand is we cannot lose focus at what we're fighting for. In every stage of the game, there are different, there are different goals. Yes. There are different, right now, the goal is justice. It's yes. justice yes. In, in, in the, in, uh, it's a proper, properly ran law enforcement division. And I'm not talking about, you see, but we're promoting black people. Let me tell you that, that little joke, a little optics game about promoting black people. They only, they will not promote black people who, who, who are quote unquote woke. Mm. They're gonna promote black people who who meet their standard and sing their tune and see their blackness through the lens of whiteness. Yes. And I'm gonna tell you this right now. God did not require Gentiles to become Jews to be Christians. Wow. And he does not require black people to become white to be Christians. That's good. Um, I am I am really when it comes to the Bible, and you you say, Pastor, well, I don't know my Bible well enough. Well, Reach out to me. I know my Bible well enough to deal with them. Yeah. Just tag me in the middle of the little conversation to be having. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm ready for them with their little craziness. We have, we have to know at each point, let the Holy Spirit direct us to what, what's the target in this, in this argument. What's the target in this, in this protest? What are we looking for? And God points out certain things. He has pointed out social injustice. God pointed it out. Yes. through the string of murders of young people. The hashtags are piling up. I've lost track of the hashtags. They happen so frequently that I can't even, Sandra Bland, I was just, I read about Sandra Bland. I just watched a mm-hmm. documentary about Sandra Bland. That's mm-hmm. not been solved yet. Nope. Her family got some peanuts for that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there's a, another video I, I posted this morning about where they ran up on this black guy. He was just standing there. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they tackled him, broke his ribs. And then then on the spot, um, after they cuffed him and, and had him in pain then the, the guy the guy the other officer said that's not the guy and the guy said well we, the other guy said well, we got a call and he said no that's down the street that's another guy wow and, and they were so arrogant and proud they were not even apologize to the guy whose ribs they just broke had him sitting on the ground and mm. and you know and here's another thing he only sued them for seven hundred thousand dollars no you sue him for seven hundred million yeah and then if you get and then if you then you settle for seven hundred thousand if you get right. that Right, but but did you see the point I'm making is that right. we have to we have to know what the goal is, and and ultimately you want to if a person is not rep- now you embrace the ones that's that's truly repentant, mm-hmm. and you know they're truly repentant because they will bring, according to Matthew three they'll bring forth fruit meat for repentance they'll do things they won't just talk it they will because they 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 will they, be laden with this burden of what what my ancestors did to you people right. put you in this situation you got it mm-hmm. the ones who are not repentant. They just, they just want out of the discomfort. Yeah. You can t- you'll know who they are too. They're going to talk a good talk, but they will do nothing. And the ones who are blatantly racist will respond to your Black Lives Matter with All Lives Matter. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the, new, that's, that's the new N-word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I've had my share of that. Uh, that's yeah, man, I... Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. 
Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees, Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir, titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Oh, you, you know, so my, my brain is everywhere, of course, uh, because there's a, there's, a, there's a lot here. And ah, I want to get back to this particular point. Because it had, you mentioned the, the person who said it doesn't feel like we're Christian anymore because all we're talking about are racial <laughs> issues. And there's a part of me that wonders, you know, this is just a side note. Did our friends in uh, AME Zion really get it? <laughs> because they were the ones for years that kind of yeah. talked about the African-American perspective. But I want to ask this question because I do feel like a lot of uh, my African-American brothers and sisters are being challenged right now in ways that they aren't accustomed because we have often gone to church to attempt to escape racism historically. uh, And now we are confronting it there. And I think in many cases are now being forced to have to read other books besides the Bible. Yes. Another conversation. (laughs) Um, (laughs) the, The question is how do we, uh, really merge all that we know as Christians with all that we know as being black, because we're understanding now that they're not two separate entities, though we've tried to live them out as two separate lives. Yeah, I believe, Gerard, that that uh, is not by chance that we're in a pandemic, right? We're not in church, and we're having to deal with the race issue. God is so strategic. Yes, He's so strategic. What I found with myself is. Um, I went through. The, I, I got to be transparent about this. Yeah. When when the when um, Ahmad Asbury, Arbery, yeah, Arbery, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. When he was killed, when I watched the video, I watched it over and over again. Yeah. I refused to pray. Wow. I talked to God about everything but that. Mm-hmm. When I finally talked to the Lord about it, I was so irate. I was upset with the Lord. I was, I was, I don't understand this. Make me understand this because, because you, you've put me in, in charge of, 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 of discovering and, uh, uh, and dispensing truth. I don't get this. I don't, and I, I said this to the Lord. If, if I see that prayerlessness and prayerfulness get the same results, I won't pray. Facts. So I won't. If I see, if I see that reading the Bible and trusting the word doesn't get any I said that's human nature. So, so my, so my thing is, this is what I believe. I believe that God has reduced each one of us to the lowest common denominator. We are as spiritual as we've ever been, and as carnal as we've ever been in the same time space. Wow! Because this is where you, your, this is where your faith, not Christianity. This is your faith in Jesus. This is where your prayer life has got to become organic and authentic. Mm-hmm. My prayers are different. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking to God about things that, like God, okay, wait, mm-hmm. I don't get this, and if you don't show it to me, I'll never get it. You have got to show, you, your prayers have got to be so organic. I, I was, my thing is, if I have to let go of this issue, and 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 just become what they say I am, 
I'll never be good enough to fulfill right. my assignment. Right. I just won't be. Right. So I have to be able to wrestle with this tiger and hold on to my God at the same time. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, because understand that faith without works is dead. So right. I, my works, I got the tiger by the neck and I, I hold on to God. I'm not going to let go of God, but I'm not letting go of this tiger either. And that dichotomy of me, that, that's, that's, that's how faith looks. It's fighting on the one hand and it's trusting on the other hand. And that, that's what changes a person's heart. Yeah. If I let go of God to, to fight the, the, um, racism, I become a totally different person. If I let go of racism to, to trust God, I become, uh, I become some of these people that's on Instagram right now. Some of my friends that I used to really believe in them, black people. Mm-hmm. That are, that, are, that are kissing white tail because that's where they're getting paid. I'm going to say it just like that. that. That's where they're getting paid. I could call some, I should call them names because it's, 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 it's sickening. It makes me want to throw up. Yeah. They're coming in my inbox, in my DM, talking about, you know, we, um, I wish you would not be so hard um, on them. They're good people. They're, they're good racist people, yes. And they're not the first in the line of good racist people. Uh, a lot of these good preachers back in the day were racist. Did you know? Mm. That Billy, you know, have you ever noticed that Billy Graham, um, in the last several decades of his life, did not endorse presidents? Nope. You know why? Why is that? Because he, because the only president he ever endorsed got impeached. He endorsed Nixon. Mm. He endorsed Richard Nixon, who turned out to be flawed, tremendously in character. Do you know that Billy Graham never spoke out against racism? Never. That's true. Never. He never did. Mm -hmm. he, he, he invited Martin Luther King to, um, to pray. Mm -hmm. At one time, he, he, he demanded that they take down the, um, the, the partitions in his tent. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the bottom line is he never, he never verbally preached an entire message on racism. Right. We have got to, I believe, redefine yeah. what you think it is to be a Christian. And if what you think it is to be a Christian is to be is to is to say can we all just get along mm. we have we serve the king of kings not rodney king ah <laughs> got it he just, it's not required of us i, I know gerardi uh, I, I, I probably should not be doing these podcasts <laughs> <laughs> no this is this is great and this is necessary because i think it's where we are right now and you know the thing that i think a lot of people We've tried, it's the irony that we try to go to church to escape, you know, racism in society. And yet, you know, Sundays at 11 are considered still the most segregated hour of the day or of the week in our country. And it still holds true. Um, and so it's not even integrated uh, congregations that are struggling. Everybody is. And we're at a point now where we can no longer avoid it. You know, I think for a lot of us, we'd rather sing and shout and dance and prophesy and all those kinds of things because it makes us feel great. But at the end, we go back to our separate corners. We go back to elements where we're economically challenged. We go back to, you know, being um, uh, slighted and not being given the same opportunities as our Caucasian brothers and sisters. And to know that it happened in the name of mm. the Lord is frightening. Mm. I know for me, I have been, I grew up in a little town called Monticello, New York, which uh, is in the Catskill Mountains. And it was a primarily Jewish community that we grew up in. And uh, kind of this walk for me was interesting because when I'd go to school, I was in advanced classes, which were pride predominantly Caucasian classes. And then I'd go to church, which was predominantly African-American. And so mm. for me, it was all separate. It was all very, very separate. And so, you know, I tried to grow up believing that, hey, we're all one, et cetera, et cetera. And then you start dealing with the harsh realities that that's not the case. And so lately I've really been trying to educate myself on what really happened during slavery. Yeah. And when you start seeing the details of these things, it really just plays all sorts of games with you, you know? Um, and the games just being, why can't we be viewed as equal human beings? Uh. Why is it so hard? I just came across a term which I'm sure you've heard of. 
but I had not heard of. It's called buck breaking. Are you yeah. familiar with this term? It's a slave term. Yes. So without being terrifically graphic, for those who've never heard this term, I want to share it because the reason I want to share it is because I think people need to understand just how challenging slavery Devious. Really was. It Devious. Was That's oh. the right word. Devious. So buck breaking, I'm learning, is the slave masters would take African-American men in an attempt to strip them of their dignity, strip them of their pride. They may have been community leaders. They may have been obviously heads of their family. Would take these men into um, the public square and basically rape them. Yep. Um, in rob them of their masculinity. Of, rob them of their masculinity in front of their family. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like how does a man who is prided himself on being the protector now in this space of being, you know, emotionally castrated um, by the sexual act that's done. And then um, I understood that there are different sorts of plantations that they would do these kinds of things on. Um, I learned that they would do this certainly in Jamaica and in the Caribbean, as well as in America, which is one of the reasons why Jamaicans have a very difficult time with the LGBT community yes. this day, um, which I didn't understand why. That's why. But then it also talked about these breeding camps. In um, a lot of them were in uh, the eastern shore of Maryland, which I think is so interesting. These breeding camps were like this. They would take virile and strong African-American men, African-American women, and because they wanted them to create new strong slaves, they would have them mate. Yep, like horses. Like horses. And some of them would be, it would be with their family, whether it's their aunt, their sister, their mother, yep. all those kinds of things, um, to create what they thought would be a great slave that they'd be able to turn around and sell. This is stuff you do to animals. This is not what you do to human beings, no. you know? And to think, you know, when people start talking about black on black crime and all this stuff, which I just don't believe in, that's a whole other conversation. Um, the problem is there's so much trauma that black people have historically lived with. You know, if, if we had said that this was happening to any other people group, you know, people would be up in arms. Like if we told this story and took black people out of it and we put our Jewish brothers and sisters, we put our Asian brothers and sisters, people would be up in arms. They would right. go crazy. But because it's us and because it financially benefited them, they don't have a problem with it. And yeah. we still carry the weight of that. Yeah, I learned, and, and then I'll get off of what I learned, but there's a vulgar term we don't use. Yeah, I was but thinking. Of the, I was thinking about that term. It's a horrible uh, combination of cuss words, right? The initials I'll just say are MF, right? Yeah. And I watched a psychologist say the reason she has tried to tell African Americans not to use that term was because it was an actual term used yes. during slavery yeah. to, uh, I guess, either mark or kind of point out the folks who actually had to sleep with their mothers as an order of breeding. Yeah. And I think a lot of people today just randomly use that term when they get upset, not even understanding what it means, yeah. you know? Um, and the reason why I think it's important to talk about this is I need our Caucasian brothers and sisters to know that this is not something we're making up. No. This is not, I mean, you can Google all this information to find it, which, you can Google it now, but we couldn't Google it as kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? In the generations before us. So I want to ask this, and no. this is the challenge, right? After black people start to gain this information about what has happened to us historically, because I saw that in a four minute video and it rocked my world. Like it just, it just rocked my world. How do we take on that information, properly use it, and still be a believer. Yeah, you know, that's the challenge. I think before 
um, I saw a powerful a, a statement that was made that says that um, that grace is always built on the foundation of law. Mm. Wow. Um, and th- some of the best men that God has has uh, lived in that that impacted the generation and beyond are people who are reduced to the lowest. Um, can you believe God in spite of this, in spite of that? Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that, that story you just told about that, that curse word. Mm-hmm. I've, I've known that for years. And wow. I, I, my daughter, uh, my second oldest daughter, I, I, when she was younger, she was very, very brilliant, a big reader. So I uh, turned to a book called The Miseducation of the Negro. Mm. And it, it, it literally changed the trajectory of her, trajectory of her life. Yeah. Um, we, we talked about it recently. Um, I think your Christianity has got to go through the transformation that is necessary uh, after being exposed to this kind of information. Here's why. If, if you're saying that this, there's a Christian that's watching this right now that's saying, I don't want to know all that because what's important is Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you can, if if knowing what happened to your ancestors, and and what we have, what, your, what we have come through to be where we are, if knowing that uh, affects your faith, that means your faith needed to be affected because the Bible says God desires truth in the inward yes. part. Yes. So yes. he, in other words, he wants me to. The truth is not just what uh, there's. There's a truth that that um that is living. There's a truth that's spoken. There's a truth that's written, and there's a truth that's lived. Mm-hmm. And lived truth cannot ever differ from the from living truth. Mm. In other words, when God saved you, he didn't save you because you didn't sin. He saved you in spite of the fact that you did sin. And so my thing when it comes to that, that historic, I mean, it challenged me. As I'm a, I've been pastoring for, for years. I'm talking about for years. I have, this is my second organization I've pastored. Altogether, I've been pastoring a little bit over 26 years between both churches. Um, uh, I, I've been in ministry from 1983, and so you must understand. 37 years in, and when I started getting a hold of this information, it rocked me to my core. Yeah, I cried. I went to anger. I fought off hatred. I didn't talk to God for weeks on end. Wow. Mm-hmm. I would pray for my members, but I won't talk to God about me because I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. Now, the Holy Spirit would prompt me at time to pick up my Bible. I had, I had to read. I needed to feed. My spirit, mm-hmm. I, I felt my spirit was hungry. But, but I couldn't talk to God. I couldn't have a, a lengthy conversation with God because my, I did not articulate what I was feeling. How in the where my question to God was, where were you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where were you? And, and the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, the same place I was for 400 years. He told, he told Abraham, know of a surety that your descendants will be enslaved for 400 years. Mm. But the nation that enslaved them, I will judge. And when the iniquity of the Amorite is full, I will bring them out. Mm. Mm. That, that piece I just mentioned right there is a powerful promise that God is saying, listen, things have to align. Yeah. And when they align, I'm going to move. But until then, I'm going to be silent for four. You know how many people died in 400 years? Wow. In, you know how many people... Of our people died, how they died, men were men were sleep. They they had a thing called um um, um the N word bait where they would feed our babies to alligators. They they had one game where they where they would have they go to the carnival right after church and and they have little black babies sitting there. They take ba- baseballs and throw them. I don't know if you saw this this little thing that they put out where on they would have the the, the mother breastfeed the baby and and you you gain extra points if you can hit the baby in the belly and cause it the, the milk to come gushing out. It, it, listen, the stuff that it, it is, but there's so much more. Yeah. They will, they will have horses pull you apart, drag you down the road. The, the lynchings. The, you know, you know. Anita Baker is a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Anita Baker shared with me how um we get the word picnic. You know that that mm-hmm. word picnic comes from. Mm-hmm. The term Sunday picnic is not a some nice meal. It's where no. these people go to church and leave church and bring food with them in a basket to watch lynchings yeah. of black people. Yeah. If 
what happens, what's going to happen to you is, is that first the information is going to make you angry. You're going to be so angry. And then you'll get to a place where you're going to break before God. It's going to break you. And you're going to, you're going to go to God. You're going to say, I don't understand. How could you? And you get to the place where you realize that, that really God has been misrepresented. Mm-hmm. He is all we have. Yeah. Our, our, our ancestors came up with these codes. The mistake they made was that they, they, t- they thought they could take the word of God and use it as, as a, they, and they tried to do it, to point out certain scriptures. What they messed up was, was that they were, they, were, they were abolitionists. The spirit of the abolitionists was among them. There were white people among them that knew it wasn't right. And they gave us the rest of the Bible. And we get, began to know God, yeah. that they were trying to say that, that he was the one that wanted to, to be subservient and subjugated to them. And we learned him and his spirit became real to us. And in the fields, there was Sing to what made Negro spirituals powerful is when the whole field is singing. Right, the house has to come out and look because the, because if if there's any Christians, real Christians among them, they know what they hear now. There is the spirit of the living God. How can they continue? That's what scares me about them is that in the face of the, the face of God Himself, they will still carry on and perpetrate their lie that they're superior. I think that for black people, we learn our history. We, 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 we take it in with the mentality, I cannot become a hater, a hater like them. But what I'm not going to do is let them write the narrative anymore. We, we have snatched the pen out of their hands. They ain't killing us no more. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, want, I want to say this too. There's, the, there's a contingency of them that have been stockpiling weapons for years. They want a civil war. We, we don't give them a civil war. What we're going to mm. give them though, what we're going to give them is a transfer of wealth. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to give them. That's where the war is. But yeah. we, what we're going to give them is we're going we're gonna to trust God and we're going to do our due diligence, faith and works. And if the Lord tarries his coming, if he delays his coming, we, we will. I, 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 I'm telling you this, they're going to come up with some kind of reparation. And I don't want no mule and no 40 acres. I mean, I'll take 40, I'll take 40 acres in downtown some city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will take 40 acres. You know, I'll, take, I'll take the 40 acres. Keep your mule. Give me a helicopter. Give me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, but 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 I think Gerard, it's important for us, and and I have to, and I say this because I went through it is that we do not throw away our hope in God. We don't we stop seeing Jesus as white Jesus. He's not white. Yeah. Um. Someone said to me, Pastor, are we the true Israelites? I believe we are. Mm-hmm. But as far as I'm concerned, this is going to blow your mind. Right now, in this, it doesn't make a difference. Mm. It doesn't make a difference mm. because the because what God has done is that Jews, I mean, Jews and Gentiles, Israelites and 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 um, pagans have been brought into the same family. Yeah. So so what's important is is that no more am I um, going to consider myself who they say I am. I'm going to give you this and then I'll pitch it back to you. So two watch nights ago, like watch night of 2018, mm-hmm. 18, 2017. This is a white, we're bringing a white artist to the church, a white worship leader. And I don't know how I got a hold of his song list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know what it was. He wanted our singers to back him up. Okay. I walked into my church and they're singing a song called No More a Slave. Oh, No More Slaves. Yeah. yeah. No More Slaves. Uh-huh. I, I don't know the message of the song. I, uh-huh. I don't, I never heard the song. No and I, we didn't sing it. I, I said, what are you, what are you singing there? And said, so, which one of the songs that artist going to say, oh, heck no, not in this church. And, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't want to hear the lyrics. I, it may be a wonderful song. Mm-hmm. I called him, wow, and said, "This song, no more slaves. You could sing that, but my people ain't singing that." Mm. And he said, "Well, uh, you know, well, I think you got you got the connotation mixed up." I said, "I ain't got nothing mixed up." Mm. I said, "I know who you are. He's married to a black woman." Mm-hmm. I said, "But I'm gonna tell you this: you're not singing this in this church." Mm-hmm. Um. When this guy and I, what is his name that, that that wrote Amazing Grace? I, oh, I need to find a, a, a part of his testimony. I think I have it right here. Okay. A part of it, a, his name is um, John Newton. Okay. John Newton. A, a part of his uh, he made a statement uh, in his in his biography. He was talking about how um, he was praying to God, talking about uh, he called himself a wretch because he was mm. bare, you see, his prayer. I was barefooted. Mm-hmm. Um, outcast by many, and and he, and he gives this testimony that he never lived, and they, and the people who are writing the book are saying what a humble man he is, and what he's actually praying to God is the life of the slaves he was transporting. Wow, you were never in chains, and and that's a part of it. See, the what part of pray pray to God, and he, he's speaking figuratively, of course. But then what about the people he did? Now he became an abolitionist to his own 
credit. Mm-hmm. But that's my thing. The thing is, is that there's a very real lived truth, a lived experience that we have that I really believe that, that if you are truly, if a white person is truly repentant of this, they say, man, you know what? I have to leverage what I have yeah. to help you get to even. Mm-hmm. Because the fact that I benefited off such intolerable pain, mm-hmm. intolerable pain, um, the stories, they, they, um, look, look for, I think African-Americans should read to Gerard. Mm-hmm. Or read or even listen to audiobooks. Just go back and just get books. Some of them are Christian books, and and just listen to the, listen to the books and watch movies. With certain certain movies have great culture in them. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you watch the documentary. Watch documentaries. Yes, we got to educate ourselves, and and it has to impact you in a very visceral way. In other words, I, I want you to feel something, even yes. if it's anger. Mm-hmm. So I just don't want to hate them. Maybe you need to feel hatred for a minute so God could 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 reach into you and bring it out, to yeah. rip it out of you. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But don't uh, don't run away from what happened because you can't close your eyes and say I was I was once blind, but now I see. Hmm. If you if you close your eyes to the truth, you're still blind, mm-hmm. and you won't mm-hmm. see nothing but what folks are t- telling you this day. Okay, I'm done. I'm- <laughs> I am done for the day. Time flies when we have fun, and these conversations are so necessary. Oh, my gosh. I know you guys learned a lot. I know you heard a lot. I know you got questions about today. There goes the mask. (laughs) I know you got questions, so by all means, we want to hear your observations and all those types of things by way of social media. Use the hashtag OnCourse or heart to heart, H-A-R-T, the number two, H-E-A-R-T. Of course, you can reach out to Pastor Ramsey at Heart Ramsey by way of social media. And uh, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, Be sure to rate it, download it. Let your friends and loved ones know what you think about this podcast because there's a lot of powerful stuff. And share this as well because it's a great conversation that a lot of people need to hear. Join us next time as we get on course with Heart Ramsey.